Hello and welcome to The W, RT Sports podcast for sportswomen, bringing you insight and analysis on major events unfolding and shining a spotlight on champions of women's sport on and off the field of play. I'm Jackie Hurley and this week we're joined by KPMG ambassador Leona Maguire after she secured her LPGA tour card for the 2020 season. Leona, welcome along to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So how does it feel to be a uh, fully tour carded professional? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a dream come true. It's something that I've worked, I guess, for the, the last 10, 15 years for. And um, to be able to call myself a, an LPGA player now, is a, it's a pretty nice feeling. Look, as you said, you know, it's like this is the kind of stuff that childhood dreams genuinely are made of. Like when you and Lisa were out in your backyard, this is, I presume, what you pretended to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, growing up, going to the Sleeve Russell and we were playing matches against each other and out hitting balls in the snow and having dad collect them and um that that's what it was for it was all sort of building up to this and um yeah I suppose over the years a lot of people asked when was it going to happen when was it going to turn pro and um obviously deciding to go to college kind of delayed that a little bit but this was always the plan and um as they say it's it's nice when a plan comes together when did it start because I think for all of us we remember you guys as kids everybody remembers the breakthrough everybody's heard the stories about 12 year old sensations but like can you remember the moment when your mom and dad took you out the back and gave you a set of clubs and said hit away and see see how you get on um I mean dad dad played every Saturday he was big into football and big into golf um when we were growing up and I suppose over the summers that was when when we started and we started off with three clubs um it was like a seven iron, some sort of wood and a putter. And um, we didn't get any more until we'd reached a certain level. And I remember um, Dad driving up to Blanchetown to get our first pair of golf shoes. And that was a big moment that um, to get the first pair. And we were only getting them if we were going to use them. And, um, yeah, it's kind of just snowballed from there. And um, took us up to the driving range at Steve Russell. And he bet who was the, the first one to get it. There was a road about... It's probably about 70, 80 yards out and it seemed like a long way at the time. But um, I think Lisa was the first one to get across. So she got the Mars bar and um, we kind of were competing ever since, really. I suppose it probably helped that you were competing against each other because you were always there to spur each other on. I mean, and that must have been part of why both of you became so good, because the competition was there from the day dot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Growing up, it didn't really matter what we were doing, if it was snakes and ladders, if it was football, if it was golf. We were competing against each other and um, some days she won and some days I won. And um, there was maybe a few quiet words after that, but we got over it pretty quick and um, back on track the next day. And yeah, I suppose we didn't really realize it at the time um, when we were practicing against each other that we we're actually making ourselves better. It was just the thing we did. We kept each other company and made each other better in the, in the process, which... I mean, we're very lucky to have each other. There must have been a point that it goes from winning a Mars bar to your dad going, these kids are good. You know, can you remember that moment when he says, I think you can make a go of this? Um, I mean, dad's always been very competitive in in whatever he's done um, and always been kind of drilled into us the importance of, of giving everything you have to what, whatever it is you do. And um, I suppose it was when we started playing maybe some of the junior competitions and I remember going down to... I think it was the Midland girls in a tie when we were probably 13 or something and, and I think Lisa shot a course record down there and um, I suppose everybody's looking around at these 12 and 13 year olds going where did they come from and what are they doing and that's probably when we got the first sort of indication of oh maybe maybe we are pretty good at this not just among ourselves but we can we can compete and um, 
then started getting on Ulster teams and Irish teams and it kind of just took off from there really. Yeah, because then you go from being well known in Ireland to playing in world competitions like, I mean, world under 12s, you Mm -hmm. guys are like world champion and one of you wins it, one of you is third and all of a sudden I think the world is taking notice of you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, that year we went to Pinehurst, I think we didn't really know what to expect. Um, We'd only ever, I think we'd been to Scotland once and um, that was to go to America to that and... um, We'd only just been competing sort of in Ireland. We didn't really know what the standard was or where we were um, and then going there. And I remember Dad seeing one of the Korean girls on the range and come back to the house and, and tell Mom how good this little girl was. And she he hoped she wasn't in our age group. And I think Lisa ended up playing with her the second day. And um, I think she finished second in the end. But, um, yeah, that was that time in Pioneers probably was the, the first big breakthrough for us. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's seems like a long time ago and, and in a way it, it doesn't seem that long ago either. Yeah, look, that's the mad thing. You've accomplished so much in such a, a short period of time. And uh, as you mentioned at the start there, like a lot of people will, will kind of say you turning pro has been talking and people have been talking about it for a long time. But you made the decision that you wanted to go to college and it wasn't just to go and pursue a college career, but like you become the number one amateur in the world. Like, so you're you're obviously paralleling your studies and also the golf career. And that, that must have been hugely important to you. Yeah, I think growing up with mom and dad, both being teachers, um, they always kind of instilled in us the, the importance of education and, and getting that done as well. And um, Patrick Harrington always told us that when we meet him, that um, that was just important. And um, obviously him being an accountant and going to night school and all that, he, he sort of learned from his own experience. But yeah, I mean... Like like I said, I I don't really have to do anything, so I couldn't just go to school and, and do my golf and sort of have to both of them. I, I wanted to do both of them at, at a high level and um, came with its own set of challenges. But, I mean, I wouldn't change the four years I had in college for the world. And it definitely raised my game to another level that I didn't have before I went there. And I suppose the experiences I had there really were a great stepping stone to the, to the pro game. And I think if I hadn't have gone there, there would have been a bit of a bit more of a gap than than I would have realized. Tell us a little bit about your college experience in Duke because like it's an incredible sporting school. It's not just the golf. I mean, they do a bit of everything and a lot of people will have seen them on TV. Their basketball program's really good, their football program's really good. So it must have been an amazing experience to be there immersed in all of that. Yeah, I mean, I I think the thing that I didn't realize maybe how good it was until uh Lisa and I went to Rio, I think for the Olympics and we kind of looked around and we said, well, this is kind of like college. This is, I mean, you have the you have the place where all the athletes eat, you have all the gyms, you have all the physios and nutritionists and all these coaches and, and then you have all these venues for all these different sports and, and world-class athletes are competing and obviously it was on a much bigger stage and a uh, bigger scale. But yeah, I mean, you're competing against uh, the best athletes in the world and you're training alongside them. Um Obviously, there's, there was girls on my team that are already on the LPGA and that have won on the LPGA and um, NBA players like I suppose Zion Williamson is the the most famous one recently. But Grayson Allen was in class with us when we were there, and you're also alongside like kids that are curing cancer and doing incredible things in the classroom, or they're going to go on to be judges or lawyers. Or um, I suppose it's just that sense of excellence I suppose and everybody's striving to to achieve it in whatever field it was and it was nice being surrounded by that every day um for four years without even realizing it's it's kind of contagious and you just sort of 
pick up on it yourself without even realizing it. Do you know what's funny is that that's normal to you, whereas <laughs> I'm listening going, this is outrageous. Like, I mean, you're talking about some of those people, as you say, they are they're game changers in their field. And that is your norm. Like that has to change your perspective on life when you're being surrounded by that every single day. Yeah, I think so. I think, it, I mean, it was a great thing for me when I was winning college tournaments and when I did get to world number in the world, when I came back to college, I was just one of a number. I didn't feel like I was anything special or doing anything out of the ordinary. I was just sort of keeping up with ev- everybody else, which was, I mean, it was nice for me. I didn't want to stand out. So, um, yeah, I mean, everybody else is achieving big things, pushing themselves in the gym, in their sports, in the classroom. So you just kind of go along with that and um, I suppose I really fed off that, which was nice. You say there that it was nice for you. You didn't want to stand out. I think anyone who's followed your career, the one thing that they'll notice is that you're not out and loud and shouting and you're not trying to grab attention everywhere. You've always been sort of much more comfortable just doing your thing on the golf course and, and not trying to say too much. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I suppose I'm still the still the little kid from Cavan, probably, and um, I suppose that's been the biggest adjustment to the pro game and adjusting to playing in more pro ams and more media things and and everything else that goes along with the business side of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm in my element on the golf course, and and that's what um, the main thing I do. But I suppose all the other things that go along with it. And I'm I'm fortunate that I ha- I do have a platform to to try and help young girls growing up as well, and and hopefully inspire them to to achieve their dreams and it's been nice for me to be a part of the 20 by 20 campaign as well it's um so I get to use my platform a little bit more through that as well and look that's key isn't it because I mean when you were growing up I'm sure you had role models as well but now like golf in this land for young girls they see you and they think wow that that is genuinely something that a girl from Cavan can do and like that is very very inspiring for young girls yeah it's nice I mean when we when we were growing up we looked up to it was the lads it was um it was Paul McGinley it was Portia Harrington it was he was winning his majors that's that's who we had to look up to and then I suppose me and Lisa being sisters we looked up to the the Williams sisters um and then I suppose like Katie Taylor was winning her gold medals at the Olympics and and stuff like that so it's nice now that I suppose with Stephanie being on tour as well there's there's two girls on the LPGA this year um and I suppose the young girls can see it it is possible and it's only impossible until someone does it um and hopefully now the floodgates can open a little bit and um I think there's there's some really good girls growing going through the system and um, hopefully there'll be there'll be a group of us out there in, in not too long. Yeah and as you say yourself and Stephanie Meadow both have your cards for next season I mean it must be really nice to look across the fairways and see another Irish face smiling at you who I presume you've known for a long time as well. Yeah I mean me and Stephanie have known each other for a long time we've we grew up playing on Ulster teams together and um, we were roommates and foursomes partners at the Curtis Cup in 2012 when we won over in Scotland and yeah it'll be nice to have her there um, as well obviously she's been out there for a few years on and off so she kind of knows the ropes and um, I know the guys say that a lot with, with Paul and Shane and, and the lads they practice together and, and sort of feed off each other which is nice and um, nice to have a bit of a home away from home I suppose Speaking of your home away from home obviously Lisa's been playing on the tour your mum and dad go travelling with you guys as well is that still the plan are they going to continue to follow around with you Lisa obviously has her own career mm-hmm. as well but are they going to continue to follow with you? Uh, well I suppose mum and dad both being teachers they'll 
they'll try and come out I suppose during the holidays um, dad came out for three weeks in the summer and stuff this year and mum was out at the, the KPMG PGA Championship in June so I mean they'd love to be out there every week but uh, we have a younger brother as well who's doing the leaving search so they'll have to make sure he's doing a study at home as well so uh, he must be raging to be missing out <laughs> on all the crack yeah he's he's heading off to America next year himself so uh, he's uh, he'd like to be heading off to all these different places he gets a bit jealous when uh when I'm heading off, but he likes to see us coming home at the same time. Yeah, and look, I mean, I guess uh, a family that's immersed in it, like it has to run through to everybody. I mean, I know you guys say you got it from your mom and your dad as well, but like, you know, it's no coincidence that all of you are totally immersed in this sport as well, because it's something that you've learned from very early on, that this is just what you do. This is what the Maguires do. This is what you're known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose our younger brother, Oran, started going to, tournaments when he was four or five maybe and and even some of the girls at the tournaments now ask how old he is and they can't yeah. believe he's going to be he's going to be 18 next week so um they still remember him as the the little kid running around with his plastic clubs on the putting green um but yeah he's he doesn't really know any different i suppose during the summer holidays or when we finished up in school it was you're dropped up to the sleeve russell and um we didn't really come home till it was dark or we were hungry so um and it's been the same for Oran and uh it's nice now that we can all sort of play together and um something that we can all sort of share in yeah uh, so what about when you look to the future now that you know you're going to be starting to this brand new career is it nerves is it excitement i mean how are you feeling before you, before you even start um it's a lot of excitement i suppose it's when you've been waiting for something a long time it's it's nice to finally get there and um, I suppose I have two months now to sort of plan and get ready and it's nice to have that time to, to sort of get myself ready but at the same time I'd like to be starting next week too so um, yeah I suppose I've spent quite a bit of time in the gym this this winter trying to get a little bit stronger and I know a few of the courses I've I've been lucky to play in a few majors and a few LPG events so it's not completely brand new and um, a few of the girls I know from college and junior golf and stuff like that so um, it's nice that it's not starting from ground zero totally. Yeah, and you were saying to me, even outside, even the commissioner, I mean, everybody's been waiting for you to do this. So they must be welcoming you with open arms as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to to nice to know that you've sort of some familiar faces out there. And I've had a few girls text me with names of caddies and, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's nice that I'll have people to travel with and go to have dinner with in the evenings and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think obviously it's I mean we'll all be competitors at the same time but um it's nice to to know that you'll have some friends out there as well is there a tag that comes on your back when you have been the number one amateur in the world as well I mean are are people as you said to me you know that even people were saying to you we've been waiting for you for a long time to come through but is there a pressure that comes with that as well that you're sort of saying look people know how good I am I just need to show them that I can do this at the very top level as well yeah, I mean, obviously people will have their expectations, but I suppose nobody will have any bigger expectations for me than, than me. Um, I'll have my own goals at the start of the year of what, what I'll try and achieve. And like Anthony else, I'm sure there'll be a period of adjustment and I've pretty much worked my way up all the the, the rungs of the ladder so far in my career and, and this is just another step. And this year in the Smetch Tour, I think, was, was really good prep, learning to win as a pro and um, sort of all the way up through. So, yeah, I mean hopefully the first few events will go smoothly maybe they will maybe they won't and um, I kind of just learn as I go along how much has that Symmetrist tour stood to you because I mean a lot of people have come through that way it has been a a breaking ground for a lot of golfers so it it has obviously worked really well for you 
Yeah, definitely. I think I suppose every week the the, the names and and the pictures of some of the the best golfers that have been on Symmetra is up on a they have a big lorry that they park up at every venue and you see NB Park and Lorena Choa and more recently Nelly Cordy and Celine Bougier and all them up. You pass by them every week on your way to the first tee and um, I mean they've come through it, they've done it. So there's no reason why me or any of the other girls that weren't on the, that were on the Symmetra Tour this year that can't can do it. So um, yeah, it's 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 good prep getting used to. three four round events playing in the pro-am different venues every week and i think that was the big adjustment as well going there was a lot more traveling than i was expecting and you go seven eight weeks in a row um whereas in junior college golf you maybe go two three max Mm. um so getting used to that was was a bit of an adjustment you see it's a heavy load as well that's one thing that people don't think i mean because you're like the distances that you're traveling going around to play those is phenomenal like we talk about some of the lads with their private jets and the (laughs) lifestyle that we live but like it's not like that it's actually a very grueling schedule i'd say yeah it's not as glamorous maybe as people (laughs) think it is and the ladies tour it's definitely definitely no private jets i think this year um i played a few events in on the european tour as well and um i think there was there was a space of a week that i was on three different continents i went from morocco to istanbul to dubai and then straight to atlanta in the space of a few days and um i remember people were telling me how many hours you need to leave for jet lag and i I just didn't have the hours so it was just you kind of just had to the event was on so you had to go and and pitch up and um Surprisingly, I played quite well, which was nice. Your body clock must be all over the place. Though. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to adjust on the fly and, and see how you go. And that was a bit of learning for me as well. First time going to Australia, how much time I needed to prep down there and came straight back from Australia and started back in my first event in, in the US in March. So um, a lot of travel, a lot of new places, but... Um, it was quite fun, really. Ah, like it, it genuinely, it's just dream stuff. Like even you were just telling me earlier about some of the places that you're going to get to go. This is an opportunity for you to see the world as well as play golf. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I've I have a lot of friends that are maybe taking a year out to go traveling or went backpacking through Europe for the summer. Or I don't I don't need to do that. I get to do that as part of my job. Um, yeah, I mean, got to go to Australia for the first time this year, which was really cool, and looking forward to going back there again and um, hopefully go to Asia for the first time this year and. I think nearly half of the LPGA is outside of America, so it's predominantly an American tour, but it's really a global tour, and there'll be a few events back here in Europe and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's nice. It's one way to see the world. I'd never been on an airplane before I started playing golf, so to go to my first tournament in England, was that was my first time on a plane. So wow. I've kind of kept up the trend and I'm hardly off them now these days. I was going to say more air miles <laughs> now than I can count now. Uh, but you must have mates that are around the world as well who get the opportunity to see you play. I mean, you must have friends that actually did the Australia thing that when you go and play down there, imagine how proud they're going to be standing on the sidelines watching you playing. It's it's going to be amazing for them. Yeah, I think that's a special thing about being Irish as well. There seems to be Irish people all over the world um, and they're great sports, any sports, doesn't matter where it is. And I've, I mean, I've played in some different countries and I'll always have people with some relative from Cavan or something and I played in New York last year and they came out people in Cavan jerseys and people that knew granny from back in the day and yeah it's 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 really nice when you have that sort of home support and I suppose social media is great for that now as well spreading the word but um yeah it's nice to go to somewhere so far away from home and still still know people and have people there to cheer you on. Well, just as we start to finish up, you know, we, you look to 2020 and you're a 20 by 20 ambassador, knowing how big of a year it is that you are playing in the biggest possible event for you to do as a professional golfer, being an ambassador for this 
you know, Irish event that has such significance for Irish girls. It must give you great confidence facing into this year, knowing what an impact that you are going to make for Irish girls here at home and abroad. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I'll try and inspire them in whatever way I can. And, and for me, the best way to do that is play as, play as well as I can. Um, it's one thing, I suppose, being on the LPGA Tour, being an, an LPGA winner would be on a different level. So um, if I could bring a, a trophy back, that would be even more special. And hopefully there'd be a few more girls out swinging in their back garden after that. Well, fingers crossed for you. We've loved having you. Thanks a million for coming and chatting to us. No problem. Thank you. Spread the good word of the W by sharing this episode on social media. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get our next episode immediately on release. Thanks for joining us.